0: announcement the revolution will not be televised i repeat the hemp revolution will not be televised welcome to the hemp revolution podcast the global hotspot for the buzz and the can of biz hear the secrets of the green rush from the dreamers who are writing the rules innovating business and changing history forever Immerse yourself with the fascinating stories from the leaders in the hemp health revolution to learn how we are changing the game. Now here's your hosts, James Brinkerhoff and Sonia Gomez.
1: What's up guys? Sonia Gomez coming to you from Denver, Colorado on another episode of the Hemp Revolution podcast where we are sharing the real story of cannabis and hemp through the eyes of the entrepreneur's Who are pushing this incredible industry forward? As you know, it is our mission to empower you with the truth about cannabis so that you can make educated decisions about how you're caring for yourself and your family or participating in the growth of this incredible industry. Check us out at medicalsecrets.com for our recommendations on products um, or some easy to digest information on how to effectively use them or what's up and coming in the world of cannabis and hemp. And if you are a budding entrepreneur or established business owner in this space, I would love to hear from you. Shoot me an email, at medicalsecrets.com, and I will look forward to connecting with you personally. Guys, I have another amazing changemaker in the cannabis space, in the hemp space more specifically. Our guest today was a professional golfer for the last seven years competing across North America and Europe. He has an academic background in uh, psychology and neuroscience. he co-founded three other companies and has worked for best-selling authors, Susan Kane and Neil Strauss. He started a CBD company because he wanted to develop a safe natural alternative to prescription drugs. and like so many other change makers out here has a has a connection to this plant and all of its derivatives in a way that most people, would be able to relate to. So, super excited to hear his story and to tell more about what he is up to in this space. Put your hands together. Literally, if you're driving or, you know, walking or chewing gum or whatever it is, drop what you're doing and put your hands together and help me welcome my good friend, Casey Olson. How's it going, Casey?
2: I'm doing very well. Thanks for having me on.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Super excited to have you. This is round two for us. We were recording another podcast and then my microphone started to freak out. So I'm super stoked to have you back on the show. Thanks for making time. Can you, uh, for the folks who have not done such invasive research into who you are and what you're up to, why don't you give us a quick and dirty, um, what your background is, what role you play in your business, and um, what are you currently up to in the industry?
2: Yeah, so like you said, I uh, was a professional athlete for seven years, played um, professional golf, uh, had status on multiple tours, played on a few different tours in Europe, um, all over North America, Canada. Um, I still have status in Europe, actually. I could go back there and play, but um, the tour has been canceled for the entire year. So uh, it's not going to happen. But um, yeah, so I turned... Yeah, I know. Um, there's talk about maybe opening it up in the fall, but it's still up in the air. But, uh, yeah, so I still have status over there, but I I turned pro right out of college and played full time. And, um, golf is one of those, it's, it's a sport that's like really expensive to play. And unless you're one of the top guys in the world, you're not making millions and millions and flying around in private jets. Um, and, and so basically you kind of have to figure out how to get sponsorship in order to get to the top, because the only way you can get to the top is if you get exemptions into really big events. And the only way you get into those big events is if you like play really well in the, in like the lower level tours. And the only way you can play in the lower level tours is if you have, I don't know, say 75,000 a year to, to spend in travel costs and stuff. So it's really expensive. So I started looking into ways I had a sponsor my first year playing. then I started looking into ways to like um, make money on the side to be able to cover my basic expenses. So I started getting into e-commerce and then, um, uh, my first like real company was, um, a, an app for booking, uh, caddies at golf courses. It was like a software that hadn't been developed before. And I started with my best friend. And, uh, so we did that for a few years while I was playing golf. And then, um, basically what kind of led me down the chain to get into C V D was I was living I would spend my winters in Arizona and I would play golf in Arizona and then in the summers I would go to Europe. So I was like nine months of the year I'd be in Europe and then another three months in Arizona. And um, when I was living in Arizona, I was seeing this girl who was incredibly impressive academically. She graduated high school when she was 16 went directly into a PhD program ended up getting an MD in pharmacology when she was 21 by the time she was 23 she was she owned her own pharmacy so she was like 15 years ahead of anyone else in her field wow and yeah and um i had this really weird experience the same week that i was seeing her so she we had dinner one time and she was telling me about like this how she like achieved her dream, right? Like she owns her own pharmacy and she's like helping people and like doing the thing that she'd always like envisioned her life to have the opportunity to do. And she had this total mental breakdown because she worked really hard to get to this point and realized that the majority of the people that she thought she was helping were just, you know, abusing their prescriptions and were addicted to drugs and um, didn't, really understand the issues with like big pharma and stuff until she actually got there to the end of the line. And she figured, she was lucky. She figured out when she was 23, you know, like the majority of people would probably be like, you know, in their thirties before they actually get to that point and they reconcile the difficulties with the industry. But, um, so like, I would always, I'd never had an interest in like pharmaceutical drugs or anything like that. And I understood intellectually that there was a problem with Big pharma and the abuse. But like having someone who's directly in the field and one of the top performers in our field tell me that was kind of startling. And then a few days after that happened, I went out to a wine bar with one of my friends after we got done playing golf. And there was um, two ladies sitting next to us that were middle aged. And um, we were just hanging out and drinking wine. We started talking to them and we pulled chairs together and we ended up talking for like a couple hours. And the one lady, um, she was the wife of a really big entrepreneur, like multi billion dollars. Um, They lived up in Lake Tahoe and she was a travel agent for like him and all of his entrepreneurial friends. So super successful. And after talking to her for a couple hours and the whole conversation was really fun and congenial and everything. And at some point she turns to me and she goes, you know, you really remind me of my son. I go, okay, well, what's he do? She goes, well, six months ago he was found dead in our house with a heroin overdose and yeah and I was like well what do you say to that I mean that's crazy um and so that but when she said that I don't know it's like something struck me it was like in the same week that I was talking to this girl about issues in big pharma and then all of a sudden this person tells me about someone who looked like me died of a heroin overdose I think it was actually fentanyl um but I don't know that just struck me in a way like I hadn't emotionally resonated with like what a problem um there is with opioid epidemic and everything yeah you always hear
1: like surface level about this big crisis but it doesn't really hit home until you're staring in the eyes of somebody who's lost someone
2: yeah I mean it's like I hadn't really had a a personal connection to it because I hadn't had any like family or friends that that had happened to but I know people that it has um and then like meeting someone in person who's like very successful she seemed like a really great person and a really great mom and just like see her like go through that like in real time telling me about it it just resonated with me in a way that it like i don't know the information just the statistics just hadn't before um and so kind of like right there i just rec- i made I guess a little bit of a promise to myself that I would like to do something at some point in the future that would, um, I guess, contribute to like an all natural sort of alternative to the uh, big pharma. And so that got me thinking about it. And like a couple of weeks after that happened, I moved to Europe and I played all year. And then I get towards the end of the year and my sponsor randomly just dropped me out of nowhere. and. Um, so I didn't have any like, uh, way to pay my travel expenses or anything other than just like my earnings from playing golf. Um, and that caused a huge problem. And so at the end of the year, I moved back to the U S and I was just like sitting around thinking about what I was going to do, whether I was going to be able to play in Europe again, if I was going to be able to play golf again, you know, finding another sponsor, that kind of thing. And then so I started thinking more about e-commerce. And actually what happened was when I came back to the U.S., I, I tried to sell my previous company, Caddies Now. And we had this huge, huge executive board meeting down in Florida with um, the, the top company in our industry. And we thought for sure that they're going to buy us out. And in, instead of buying us out, they ended up kind of ripping off our software and building their own version and left us hanging out to dry. So after that happened, then I was really like, okay, I need to do something. So then I started looking into e-commerce and supplements and stuff like that. And then um, I'd already been taking CBD personally. And then I started researching more and more like what it would take to actually start my own CBD business. Um, And so that's kind of like the long and short of how I got into it. Um, But yeah, then I started my own company.
1: Amazing. And how long have you guys been open?
2: Mm, we've been doing business for about a year. A little, actually, a little more than a year, like 14 months.
1: Nice. Wow. Such an interesting time to get in. What for you were um, some of the challenges that you hit while you were trying to get started?
2: Um, well, I came into the industry a little bit naive of the banking, credit card issues, the digital marketing issues that were going into... The industry. Um,
1: what digital marketing so issues? What banking issues? I have no idea what you mean. Just kidding.
2: <laughs> right. <laughs> um, yeah. So I didn't know any about, anything about that going in because I hadn't had any experience with the industry before and didn't really know anyone that was already in the industry. Um, so it was a lot of trial and error and just figuring stuff out as I went. Which made it difficult because I was still playing golf um, and yeah, so like the first week that I started I my my like my account didn't get flagged or anything like my credit card account, uh, my merchant gateway, and it was just like I had this huge explosion of business like in the first week, and then my account gets shut down, and um, Facebook account got shut down all all craziness. And so it's just been like nine, 10 months of just like trying to figure it out. Um, But yeah, finally things have stabilized a little bit and we've, we're working on some pretty cool innovations. So.
1: Well, um, go plant the seed. Why don't you, what are some of the things that you guys are working on now that you've overcome some of the bare bones, basic challenges of running a hemp company?
2: I was banging my head against the wall for months trying to figure out like how to separate myself from the rest of the competition uh, because it's such a competitive field um, or competitive marketplace. And so I had this one customer who's a little bit older and actually a lot of my customers are older. Um, And he just like did not want to buy online for whatever reason. And he lives in my town. So, like, I would see him in person at my gym all the time. And he would just give me cash for my products. And, um, but he would text me all the time. And um, I figured out that I could send him a text with a checkout link and he could just pay with his credit card over text. And then after doing that for like a few weeks, it just kind of dawned on me. Well, why can't I just do this to everyone? Um, and then so then I started looking into that. And we ended up building out our own proprietary software that does all of our communication over SMS and texting. So um, customer, brand new customer goes to our website the first time. They figure out what product they want. They add to the cart. They check out. They have to opt in to our SMS service. And after that, um, after their initial order, when they save their card on file all communication is done over texting. So we have a company phone number. If uh, if the returning customer wants to place another order, all they have to do is text that phone number and confirm what products they want. And we can just charge their card and they never have to go online. They can just do everything over the phone.
1: Holy shit. How did that change your business? First of all, you just laid out like such a millennial and super awesome way of connecting and reaching your clientele and way to go on the COVID pivot. I'm sure everyone's (laughs) like, how the fuck am I going to do that? So you just laid that out pretty awesome. Um, But I'd love to hear like results or everything, right? What have been the results of you doing that type of outreach? Like, have you seen an increase in conversions, people feedback shift? What, how are you measuring the success of approaching your sales
2: that way? Yeah. So um, definitely a good point there with the COVID pivot because like, the majority of our business had actually been with retailers and stuff. And I'd already been trying to focus on shifting over to e-commerce, but it just kind of came at good timing. Like I'd already started um, working on the SMS service before quarantine. Uh, So this would have been like, say January or so. And so I was kind of like juggling B2B and B2C at the same time. And then I'd always intended to shift fully over to e commerce. But I would say, like, our response has just been crazy. Like, there are actually still a few customers who, even after I text them, with company number and personal number, they still go to our website and they just buy only on our website. I'm like, okay, that's fine. But the as far as um, yeah, we're getting a lot more conversions. We're doing way better with texting because it's the open rate is like pretty much everyone looks at texts. You know, I've I've gone through a lot of different texting services um to see like what kind of marketing they use, the way it's being handled. And there aren't a lot of great ones out there, which is why we ended up building our own like custom software that can handle everything. Wait, um, you built
1: your own software for text message SMS? Yeah, yeah. And have you opened it up to the industry yet? Or are you just keeping that your own little secret?
2: Right now, it's our own little secret.
1: <laughs> We're going to have to talk about that. I want 10%. No, I'm scared. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just wheeling and dealing <laughs> on my show over here you guys watch out no I, that's sick you have your own software and you're like doing this all yourself because people pay an arm and a leg to host the list like I remember I used to have 50,000 people on SMS when I owned my dispensary and I'd mm. shoot out a text message but I was paying out the ass for the service so it's you know, and like the reachability and blah, blah, blah. Like it wasn't so effective back then. Now I'm sure it's just sick. And especially with a whippersnapper like yourself running it. I look at like what, how fast my son can do something versus like how Flintstone I am when it comes to trying to work with tech. I'm tech-tarded, so I'm not the best example. But like <laughs> my son, who you, you what are you, 12, 17? No, you're twenty. Probably twenty eight. I'm twenty nine. Okay, you're twenty nine. You're twenty nine. You're for sure millennial. Even like six years. If I had a phone that was six years old, I would literally in dog years. That's six hundred. You know, like <laughs> I have an iPhone six. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> technology but yours is updated, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, mine's not updated. I'm still running on like ISO one, whatever that is. So, (laughs) um, but the point being is like, It's incredible what you guys are capable of doing. And it's a significant contrast, like the learning curve and the outreach. I've talked to over 200 business owners in the hemp space and Mm -hmm. what somebody who is a more seasoned entrepreneur, the way that they approach their marketing, they really heavily lean on folks who are, you know, my age and younger, I'm 35, um, who are my age and younger to implement relevant, you know, marketing campaigns to reach their customers, Whereas for you, it might be second nature to leverage social platforms and SMS, whereas somebody who's like, you know, 55 plus might feel like that's a little invasive. Do you find a similar, do you find a similar contrast?
2: Uh, You mean as far as like the willingness to use, to do ordering over text?
1: Not willingness. I'm talking about like from, from a business owner's strategies perspective,
2: Mm -hmm. Your
1: approach to marketing and reaching your customer, I find, tends to vary from somebody who's 55 plus, right? How they reach out to their customer and connect. This to you, creating a software that can text message your customers is like a second nature, no-brainer type of idea for you. It may not in implementation, you know, be such a no-brainer. But as far as the idea, you're like, oh, fuck it, we'll just text folks. Where yeah. somebody who's 55 is like, how am I going to send an email?
2: Right. So I I don't know, like, like I'm 29, right? So like I grew up in a really perfect window where when I was a kid, the internet wasn't monetized yet. Right? Like everything was free online and no one was trying to like take your data. And I grew up with like, I watched internet culture evolve as I grew up. And so I understood it. And like the kids today, they are growing up in an internet that is trying to extract as much data from them as possible and is like all the algorithms now with the tech companies are just trying to manipulate people to give up their data or to like you know open up their wallets so I grew up in a time that was very, very unique where I get to grow up with the internet, but I also, I wasn't like too old to like not understand internet culture and the way things evolve. I talked to my friends about this stuff all the time, how we grew up in this like perfect window. Um, and I think that like a lot of the older people that are in entrepreneurship and marketing and things like that, they haven't gone to like, it's been a while since they've been out of school. Like how much are they still learning and reading? and i see a lot of like companies that are probably not going to be around in like 10 or 15 years or already on the way out just because they haven't figured out how to adjust and there's like so i was originally a business major when i was in college and i switched after my sophomore year because i just understood right then and there at the time that like what i was being taught was not at all reflecting current entrepreneurship current business models it it was all shifting and that was almost 10 years ago so like i i just recognized it then and i kind of figured it out a little bit uh, i was a little ahead of the game and i know that th- there's just like a ton of marketing techniques that silicon valley uses and um that i was aware of that just modern bu- business school does not teach you at all and i think that that's why people that get their mba they go to work for you know some huge company and like like goldman sachs or something like that or like and they don't really get into entrepreneurship because they just, I don't know, they aren't being taught the right things or to think the, the right things.
1: Well, that's not what the institution of college is built for. It's not meant to make you a free thinker. They want to mold you into a free worker mm-hmm. who doesn't necessarily value their time. <laughs> so, not all. Um, so making the transition into entrepreneurship can be you know, challenging. You've obviously forged yourself a nice path in a couple of different ventures, um, you have you know a successful text campaign happening right now, what would be some words of advice or words of wisdom that you would share with your fellow entrepreneurs or budding entrepreneurs? Speak as if they were friends of yours. What are some key considerations um, that they should have while they're considering getting into business or entering into this industry?
2: Generally speaking, I would say read voraciously. And read widely. There, there aren't honestly a lot of great business books out there that I think are worth reading. There's like maybe a dozen that I really like, but I would just say read as much as you can. Um. Well, actually, like it's kind of funny. The 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 big the book that really influenced me to like shift over to this text based model of communication was Blue Ocean Strategy. Have you heard of that book?
1: No, but I know that Blue Ocean Strategy very quite well from um, a guy named Russell Brunson who reintroduced it in com Secrets and Expert Secrets, um, mm. which we'll talk more about here in a minute. But tell me Blue Ocean Theory.
2: Well, it's just like, an, it's an analogy for, so you, you've got a red ocean, it's an analogy for a marketplace. So you have an, a, a red ocean, a bloody ocean represents a, a very saturated marketplace that's fraught with competition, cutthroat competition, competition. And a blue ocean would be some sort of innovation that would take you out into uncontested market space. And um, I think that there's actually a good argument for why this Model or this analogy isn't applicable to every marketplace because there just aren't that many companies that have like you know utilized it but anyway, I actually did so you they have something um where you set up this chart where it's a strategy chart, and you analyze all the competitive factors in your industry, so whether it's like quality of product, price of product um and then you figure out like the offering value that the current marketplace is offering for each of those factors. And so like for for CBD, for instance, I think that um, one of the factors that isn't being really utilized is customer communication. And like it's not just CBD, like every e-commerce company has problems with like customer service and stuff. Um, and I think that like with e-commerce, it's a little clunky with the amount of things that you're forcing people to opt into. and so customers are like being conditioned to give up a lot of their data. And, um, you know, subscribe to email lists and stuff like that. And uh, I kind of like eliminated all of that by just doing business over text. So yeah, I'm like asking you to opt into our, our texting service. But that's the only piece of data I'm asking from you. You know, like other than giving us your credit card info, which we don't actually get the card info, it's like saved on file with our merchant processor, and we don't have access to it. Other than giving us your phone number, we're not asking you to opt into anything. And it's so much simpler and easier to use. And we don't have to use like any of those gimmicky marketing hacks where you try and manipulate people into like, you know, getting more sales. So that honestly, I, I found it to be a much more ethical way of doing business than like the current method. The standard method of e-commerce right now. So that was another motivating factor. But yeah, the blue ocean strategy influenced me a lot. Um, so I really love that book. I really love Zero to One by Peter Thiel. Um, yeah, there's, there's a couple other good ones too I can talk about.
1: Well, any of the resources that you give will be tagged here as a resource for them. So um, whatever you want to share, I'm most interested in capturing as much of the, you know, uh, as much of your wisdom as possible, because that's why I think a lot of people come here um, to the hemp revolution is to figure out, you know, what's happening, what's working, what's not working, what are key considerations. Most of my testimonials are from folks, you know, and you guys, by the way, who, those of you who are tuning in, thanks so much for, um, for the feedback, but I get a ton of testimonials and I get a ton of feedback because they love the Words of Wisdom segment. They get great resources. They get great considerations. Um, you know, we're not giving away secrets necessarily, but we are giving away key considerations that people are paying 10, 25, you know, $50,000 a year for to be a part of these networking and mastermind groups. And these are the types of things that you listen for is like, what do the people who are a few miles ahead of me do when they're confronted with this type of challenge? You know, so any resources that you want to share, like I love And in a moment, when you're done with your words of wisdom, I will share and piggyback off of what you're saying because I agree with you already. Point number one that you've made read voraciously. I'm all about that life for sure.
2: Yeah. Um, The other, I guess I would say, you know, read voraciously, try and consume as much information as you can, Um, podcasts. And uh, I just kind of pay attention to like what entrepreneurs and are, are saying and doing um and that's really the only way that you can kind of like get ahead of the game because you know traditional education doesn't really help you out that much especially in business you know like but um so with the texting thing i would definitely say that uh it's been an issue with the only drawback to it is that I've had to figure out how to, like, recondition my customers to use it. And other than that, like, it's been, you know, just an explosion as far as uh, converting compared to the old model, right, of like the amount of clicks you have to make people go through. So that's been like the real advantage is that texting a phone number is so much simpler and easier to do. And like you said earlier, it's kind of like a, it's a millennial innovation but it's actually been so much easier for the older people who are the most consistent buyers
1: of CBD. Man, such great, massive, massive points that you're making right now. Um, I'll piggyback off of your words of wisdom and, and you know agree with what you say as far as like, the consumption of content and how those things apply to your success. Num- a couple of resources that I've mentioned multiple times and absolutely love. It, number one is the Millionaire Master Plan by Roger James Hamilton, and he's created this thing called Wealth Dynamics, which it has been such a powerful tool for me to work with um, both my colleagues. Um, but also my customers. And once I understand the energy or nature of my customer, it's easy for me to create language that directly captures their attention, connects with them authentically through storytelling or story selling, um, and then ultimately converting them into a sale. Uh, You know, I have to agree that the like sort of cold outreach of traditional e commerce marketing is sim you know is similar to email is losing its losing its power you know people are are wise to the to the offers that are being recycled over and over and over again and so I think in the originality aspect of things, understanding people's nature their nurture And then creating or connecting a story that is personal to you or the brand. You know, to give people a uh, orientation, to give people orientation around who you are more so than what you have. You know, I'm noticing that folks are a lot more connected to those types of brands, and brands can therefore extend the customer life value. So when I started to use the book The Millionaire Master Plan, it was to personally change how I was organizing and orchestrating my own business and my habits around the growth of my business, as well as building my coming into a different kind of awareness on how I would approach building my team, team, but, but having the right team buys me the time to do the things that I'm best at in my business, which for me is connecting and communicating. Um, I have to outsource the other stuff. And I think it was Mark Cuban who said the first thing that you have to do is hire your weaknesses. If you want to be successful in business. And I couldn't, mm-hmm. I I literally could not, put more emphasis on that. You know, number one, consume as much content as possible. The other, um, so I gave the Millionaire Master Plan. The second series of books that I'm just like completely in, you know, engulfed in right now is Russell Brunson's um trilogy, which is dot-com secrets, expert secrets, and traffic secrets. Um I'm not an affiliate of any of their stuff, although they pay their affiliates really, really well but i am a you know faithful follower and um deep deep study of his practices and russell is one of those people that goes out there and finds resources like the Blue Ocean, for instance, um, Blue Ocean Method, and then turns it into easy to digest applicable resources for entrepreneurs who are just getting started. And so I have my son studying his stuff. I have, you know, myself, my husband, we really follow him closely. Um, but the dot-com trilogy, with which includes dot-com secrets, expert secrets, and Um, Traffic Secrets, really walks you through each aspect of building and growing a successful business online or virtually. And that, for me, would include text message outreach. The, The name of the game is how can we get the most number of eyes on our offer in the most authentic way that will cause the least amount of resistance? And that's the game that we play all the time it's the art of war, right? We don't want somebody to feel yeah. like we're quote unquote selling to them when all we want them to do is buy our shit. You know what I mean? <laughs> like yeah. it has to be done really authentically. So I really right. enjoy Russell Brenton's stuff. If you haven't checked that out, for those of you guys who are doing stuff online, that's definitely a community to follow. Um, and then the other thing, and I'm in just a deep study of people in general. And so there's this book that I've always read Um, you know, and I continuously read over and over and over again. Um, It is called Power Versus Force by David Hawkins. And it is probably one of my best kept secrets as far as understanding the emotional vibration, the vibrational tone of human emotion. When somebody, for instance, is confronted with the feeling of being angry or resentful or jealous it's a lower vibration and therefore their energy or involvement or motivation to get involved and be involved with something, i.e. take action is far less likely. Whereas if somebody is, can access, you know, understanding or, you know, compassion or even love for that matter, they are operating at a much higher vibrational tone and are, and those are the types of people that you want to have in your ecosystem because they're the action takers. There's the ones who will, you know, explore and offer further or opt into your free something or other or so on and so forth. So, um, power versus force is another fantastic resource. Um, it was David is a. Is that a business um, book or is that a psychology book? It's a little bit of both. I think I'm. I, I think it starts out as psychology but really is applicable towards business and human relationship, period, um, which is the number one most important thing that you can do in business is build solid relationships, right? Your net worth is your network. Yeah. So understanding where people are at and what mo- what, what's their motivations or what's their triggers really allows you to hack the human connection, whether you're doing that virtually or in person. You know, so these are just the resources that I use because that's what that's what inspires me is like how to create the most authentic connection first with myself so that I can radiate those things out to my community. Um, so I suggest nice. for those of you guys who are tuning in, check out those resources. And then the final thing that I will say, and I couldn't say this enough, is measure twice, cut once. In the face of COVID, so many people were pushing the pushing the accelerator, desperate to make headway, quote unquote, before the crisis or in order to take care of a crisis. Whereas I look at this as a really unique incubation opportunity for you to go reflect internally and find out what is actually motivating people. In the face of fear, people will do the most awkward things. Their nature and nurture exposes themselves in totality. And so I suggest for those of you guys who are new to business, instead of being aggressive in your marketing and ad spend, be a little bit more aggressive in your research of your avatar so that you can create an offer that will convert quicker. And be delivered in a way that's more unique. Like I absolutely love what you're doing right now with text message, Casey, because it's un- it's a unique way of outreach, and yet it's cost effective and allowing you to increase conversions in the in the face of crisis. Am I right?
2: Oh yeah, and um, it's it's also like just an incredibly. A uh, simple and ethical way to communicate i feel like um, yeah forcing anything on people like like you're like the whole psychology rant that you just went through i feel like is like you're constantly as a business person delic you're dancing on the edge of not wanting to come off as like a used car salesman but you still have to sell your product at the end of the day so trying to figure out how to establish that trust with the customer and if someone's willing to give you their phone number and you don't abuse it, then that I feel like there's nowhere, there's no better place to establish trust. There's no um, more effective um, establishment of trust.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I think that the, that's the number one goal, you know, is to build trust with your community so that your community can reward you financially, right? And that is the, the way that your community uh, reciprocates the value or reflects the value is by the establishment of trust. That's the trick, right? We want to bring the most amount of value into the marketplace with the least amount of resistance and the most amount of leverage. That's what gives you business. Otherwise, you're just working a job. So, totally. so those are just some of the resources. You know, Make sure that you take your time and plan accordingly. And um, you know, while I just said don't advertise during the crisis, it's also the most important time for you to get a converting offer and pour gasoline on the spark. That's why I want you to measure twice and cut once, because you want to do a little bit more research on the front end, build out the infrastructure so that you can properly build and segment out your list, and then communicate, 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 so that people are hearing your story, following, understanding your moral code, and get be joining the mission and movement so that they will buy your products. Those are my words of wisdom. What are some final words that you have for us? and Where can folks find you if they want one of your uh, uh, text messages or um, to find out more about what you're doing uh, in your business?
2: Yeah. So our website is mindrightcbd.com. But uh, we're integrating our text message service with our website. Um so we're building that out right now and it should be done in like the next week or so but you can text our number it's 616 uh, 344 and um uh, we've got a whole like instruction automated like bot chat that we have going on and we're going to continue to like build out our software and right now the best message bot chat on the market is uh apples um so if you go to like apples like whatever their their uh, bot chat is on there we're eventually going to have our bot chat as good as that if not better so you can have like a it'll it'll basically you won't know the difference if it's a real person that you're talking to or if it's a computer so that's going to be kind of cool so that's what we're we're ultimately working to build
1: is that a Um, part of your super extra very ninja software that you weren't going to tell anybody about Pretty much. <laughs>
2: That's why we had to build it out. That's why we had to customize it because there's nothing else on the market that lets you like do that. And there's a whole like algorithm with keywords and everything that you have to have implemented so when people text. Like, you have to make sure that the computer knows, the bot knows like what keywords to use and stuff. And you have to continually build out those keywords. So yeah, it's, it's like a pretty in-depth thing. But... Yeah, so um you can text our phone number. Um you can follow me on Instagram. Uh it's case.linly olson O L S E N. Um and I'm also uh doing LinkedIn posts where I, I blog on LinkedIn where I update about company, how things like kind of origin story. I go into a lot more detail about things like that, my golf career and things. So um and then we talk about all of our products and stuff on there too. So yeah, you can follow us on there.
1: Amazing. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show and sharing your story. I'm super excited to watch and follow your success. Now I will be hacking what you're doing. Um and um
2: can I ask you so you you had you said you had like 50,000 phone numbers that you were you were uh, messaging? Were you yeah. just doing that? Were you doing that manually? So you're using like an SMS service to manually message people?
1: Well, I would create the message um, on the software that they gave me on mm-hmm. on the computer. And then I would hit send on it. They would process the message. It would take like 45 minutes or whatever. And then the text messages would start to go out. And we would see, you know, of the 50,000, um, we would see, you know, 15,000 get delivered. Oh, really? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it was just like really poor delivery rate. It was really poor. It was really poor. I mean, it was a rudimentary. It was when things were like this were brand new, right? Like eight years ago. But you couldn't have real conversations with people over the text. You could only send them. yeah, Yeah. You could only send them a promotion at the time. So now I'm like really getting into this whole text message sms um way of reaching out and connecting with people
2: yeah it's still pretty clunky there's a lot of services out there but they're they're still pretty expensive um and no none of them i could really find a good solution for doing exactly what i wanted to do and the way that i wanted to have it work which is like i want we have like a real phone number that people can text right so they, we can have like a real conversation with it um, yeah
1: that's so great i love that
2: Right, that was the ultimate goal So like get it to like actually have a conversation, so you can handle the order with someone right there on the text.
1: Yeah, makes so much sense. Well, I'm super excited to you know share more and talk more about it. And for those of you guys who are tuning in, thanks so much for being a part of the Medical Secrets community and the Hemp Revolution family. We are going to be releasing season two shortly, which will be the Hemp Revolution Live, the health edition. Um, and that will be live on the Legalize it Don't Criticize It community, as well as our other channel. channels, so make sure that you stay tuned for that. You'll be able to real-time ask questions to me and my guests, which will be super exciting. Um, in the meantime, be well, stay well, and be kind to one another and courteous during this crazy COVID crisis. I'm your hostess with the most, is Sonia Gomez, and this is The Hemp Revolution. Casey, thank you so much for being on with us. We'll see you guys thank on the next show. Too.
0: Thanks for listening to this episode. We took notes on this episode for you, along with all the links and resources mentioned in the episode. Get them free on the show notes page here at www.medicalsecrets.com. If you love this show and our content, please subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you really want to help us get the message out there, please rate, review, and tell all your friends. With your help, we can continue to reach the world with our message. And until next time, we hope you join the hemp revolution We challenge you to dream big and love the life you live.